Hey there, this is Julie from Blended Life. Thank you for taking the time to download this episode of our podcast. I hope you find value in it. The truth is though, sometimes you need more than a podcast can offer to get unstuck and find peace in your blended family life. The struggle is real. So this is a personal journey I've been on for years, seeking peace in circumstances and with people I can't control. Becoming Heard was born out of this quest. As a certified life and health coach, I am passionate about helping others just like you and me free themselves from chronic upset and chronic crisis mode. Right now, I'm offering Blended Life listeners a one-on-one free breakthrough session with me. This call will give you clarity to see if coaching is right for you. Take advantage of this opportunity now by emailing me at becomingheardnow at gmail.com. I can't wait to connect with you. Hey everyone, I'm Eric. This is my wife, Julie. We are Blended Life, and welcome to tonight's <laughs> podcast. It's a rough go. Always. Always a rough go. Always. YouTube is just always issue after issue. It's so, it's it's finicky. It's constant. I mean, I did the exact same thing we did a second ago, and decided, it decided to publish. So if you're watching with us live, you are lucky because it almost didn't happen live. Oh, we are live. Hey, we're live. I didn't know we were going to do I that. heard we suck live. Uh, whatever. It's a great album. No yeah. effects, if anyone knows. So, tonight's topics are... Everything. No, we're going to talk about helping your kids or your stepkids through grief. Um, we're going to talk about dealing with kids that are manipulative when you're trying to date or get engaged and trying to figure out how to navigate that in a new relationship okay. for marriage. Um, we're going to talk how talk about how to di- to handle disrespect between a bio mom and a stepmom, mm-hmm. and um, also how to handle disrespect and lying of your stepkids in your home. Okay, just a lot of st- it's all about, I guess, the kids. <laughs> whose ki- <laughs> who's kids? Whose kids is it about? I mean, if you didn't have kids and exes, your marriage would be perfect. Yeah. It wouldn't be a blended family. It wouldn't be a blended family. Yeah. Um, and we'd be having very different discussions. <laughs> what would we talk about? I don't, uh, yeah. I don't know. Life I don't know. Be different. Yeah. So I hope you guys are all doing good as you're listening to this podcast. Our home has had a wild week. Um, we are knee deep in this distance learning thing and um, it's completely changed our household dynamic on so many levels, it's been hard because everyone's home all the time. And while that was fine when everybody could go do what they wanted when they wanted, now everyone is like stationed, hunkered down in home. And it's a little bit different. So, you know, our different. hearts go out to different. all. That was a, that's a good word for it. Different. All the parents and kids, because kids don't, don't enjoy this either. You know, I feel like parents are bitching and moaning rightfully so but this is really hard on kids none of none of our kids are loving this i feel like i've aged 10 years in this last week it's only day four you have another day Uh, i should be (laughs) how old like 128 by the end of the school year yeah it's a rough go you guys so and i know as we go on in this distance learning what i've experienced in our home right now 
is tensions are running high and everyone's really irritable and it's making for some hard discussions. By and everyone, talks. she means me. No, it's. Do you it's, feel like the kids are irritable? Um, your no, kids, it's basically you. <laughs> no, your kids have been getting into it. Like, I had to they, excuse myself from dinner the other night. Yeah, but and they my son do excused that. himself from dinner because they, they just, they don't ever get a break from one another. That's what, And that's what they but tell I feel, me. But I'm also like the same way with my son, although I get a week to week break with him. Mm-hmm. But I'm like, this week, I'm like, I don't get a break from him. And we just want to strangle each other. Yeah. And that's with anyone, you know, you, you it's. We've spent a week together good. and haven't wanted to strangle each other, right? I mean, granted, it was our honeymoon. It was the best week of my <laughs> life. Wasn't our honeymoon amazing? It was. It was like, what, 10 days? Yep. And it was just, we had so much fun. Right. And I have to tell you, I was so nervous about our honeymoon. Right. I remember you talking gonna about that. It was going to go one of two ways. Because, because we had never spent that much time alone. We had never another. gone on vacation alone. Right. Together. Before our honeymoon, and well, I was kind of like vacation, mm. like big vacation, like more than like like an over more than an overnight few stay. days. Yeah, I mean, we usually we would go places for like three or four days at a time, you know, um, and always always have a yeah. good time. We always find stuff to do, but yeah. But with a blended Nervous family, over here. when you get married, this is something that I wish I would have thought of, and maybe advice I would give people. If they're getting married, because you're you're so in, involved with the kids and being a blended family and the like, go on vacation together alone. Go see what that's like, because it could have gone. What if it was horrible? What if we were stuck? What if? I think, you know, I think, you know, better, you know, really? like, did you really have doubts? Like, were you really, really nervous? Well, I mean, we had been together for how long at that point? Like, I would be nervous, actually, to go away with you right now for a long time. <laughs> I may never come back. I may never come back. Um, No, it's just when you have that much time attached to the hip, you know, like, what are we going to talk about? What are we going to do? You know, we're so different in a lot of ways. Like, are we going to find stuff to occupy our time that we both enjoy? Or is it going to be like one of us has to give the whole time? And that's exhausting. Like, you want to do things that you're both invested in. But that's worrisome if you're, if you're, concerned about that at this point because we're still pretty new in our marriage i mean we're only a couple of years in but well, we've if been you're together worried, seven years yeah but if you're worried about it at this point i mean what's 10 years from now gonna bring i know so you better I get talk to work to my friends about this because <laughs> i'm not i'm not nervous about it but you are, so. well uh, the reason i'm nervous about it is because when we have a day to ourselves with no kids we don't hang out with each other. Sometimes we do, but we're, we're like, exhausted. I'm bored. I'm bored. I'm bored. Because and you someone don't wants hang to sit on couch me. and watch. What do you want to do? Exactly. So we got to find things to go out and right. do. Right. We have to create things. Right. To go do. That we both you know? like. We can't sit there on the couch and be like, like if I'm sitting on the couch for more than like an hour or two and we've watched a couple shows, I'm definitely bored. Like I need things to do. But you can do. play Fortnite. All night. There's things on to do on there. computer. Yeah. All day, all that's night. What, that's all I do in life, you guys. Fortnite. I'm just saying, you can <laughs> sit at your computer and do that. Yeah. But the couch is all bad. Day, all night. So. Anyway. But that's Anyways, my... you guys. <laughs> so, if you want to sponsor a Fortniter. I mean, oh, yeah. If you guys have kids who play Fortnite, what do you guys... Can they hook up with you guys? Yeah, but just message us for that. I oh, don't, you don't I want really to put don't. it out there? No, I really don't play enough to like... I hadn't well, played up until last night in like a month. 
But anyways, no one wants to hear about this crap. Their kids, their kids play this crap all the time. I was just like, I really, cool like, I really hadn't. Thing. Yeah, they can if your kids want to play Fortnite with some. It's kids, fun. Yeah, that would be yeah, good. And to I might up. hop into like yeah, message us totally, and I'll, and I'll hook you up. All right, so we're gonna jump in now. After all of that <laughs> bullshit, I'm bored. I want to go play Fortnite. Yeah, I know. Um, okay, so no. what? This is gonna be a thing, isn't it? No. It is. I'm just, I'm tired. I have not played enough Fortnite lately. He's tired and hungry. Yeah. And yes. It's been it, raining. Kids, but the kids have been home. And like the main topic of this is disrespect. And I feel like I'm getting a lot of that from my kid, my son, you know, like we're around each other constantly and it's nothing but arguing and me having to tell him over and over to do something. I mean, he did not finish his schoolwork today and I don't even know if it's a hundred percent complete. Like his mom's kind of in charge of like that realm, but like he has been, I think like five thirty this afternoon. I'm like, are you done? And he's like, yeah. I'm like, are you sure you're done? And then I check in with his mom, like, or his mom checks in with me. Like I can see on his computer that he only spent, five minutes actually learning he's like no like shows me a picture a screenshot which i'm like why do you have a screenshot of this how do you know of like 47 minutes of learning and you could see his his work in the background i'm like something's not adding up here so i don't like i'm not completely in the mix of this to know how it's supposed to go i'm like how is he showing 45 minutes how is she showing five minutes and where's this timer (laughs) You know what I mean? Like it probably records as he's logged on to each thing. Mm-hmm. I'm sure the program I'm sure it does. records. Like, yes, I'm sure it, has it does. To. They have yeah. to track it. I've somehow. taken yes, I've taken courses before. You know, out at the power plant. That's like it'll tell you exactly how long it took you to go through it. How many? Right. You know, blah blah blah. Um, but it's just it, this whole s- distant learning thing. Kind of going back to last week's topic, real quick, is just so frustrating to me. It's so <laughs> frustrating that. It's truly not organized. I mean, if they knew that they were going to come into this and it has been, they had all summer to go into this. Like we got to the point to where, I mean, we're getting emails about stuff that are not even related to school and I'm not going to go in what they are, but they're things that should be government ran programs, but they're coming through in our, in our school systems and it has nothing to do with their school and our schools still aren't organized yet. So why are we putting all this time and effort and money into other programs? Well, I feel like I need to step in and just speak for, I mean, I'm impressed with how I don't, my son does high school on his own. I don't know about that. He's just a straight A, does it, whatever. But I have been sitting with my daughter and, you know, We've been working a lot one-on-one on on math because she's like a little bit behind. She's having trouble with like division and fractions. And I think a lot of that is because they didn't finish. She was in fourth grade last year. And well, March came, school shut down, and they weren't allowed to introduce anything new to these students for the rest of the year. So they didn't even really finish out fourth grade with all the learning you know, boxes they had to check for various subjects. So I'm sitting here with her and it is fifth grade now. And the math they're doing, we, you know, I guess this is technically the first. So are they bringing them up to speed? You know, she's doing hard math that she doesn't quite understand. So it's been really good that I've been able to sit with her and try to explain this to her. Mm -hmm. 
Um, but that that's kind of a tangent. That's just more of like, oh shit, these kids are jumping way ahead. Like I hope teachers are, I'm sure teachers are aware of what happened last year and are trying to get them up to speed. But I am kind like I'm, I'm, I mean, her teacher's pretty organized. Like she's got stuff every day. She, mm-hmm. There's a week agenda. So really she could look at the whole week and know what time she's got to do what. Like they are. Okay. So it's better so than I thought it thing, was going to okay, be. Okay. At the beginning, they didn't have this. Yeah. So each day and her teacher is really, you know, got the kids on track. And I feel like, you know, it's, it's not as horrible as I thought for her. It was going to be. I don't know because you're not public school with with your son. You're homeschool, and that's different. And they're very organized, but I think the kid has to be a kid has to take initiative. Self starter. They have, and, yeah. and he is if it's something he wants to do, you know, or he's interested in, mm-hmm. which I totally get. I was the same kid, mm-hmm. you know. Like if you're like do your work, I'm like, eh. But there's you know? no structure. There is, but I don't understand the structure. Like there's so, no when schedule. He's at, uh, no, it can be done whenever. However, he just needs to do a certain amount of time. It's really hard for every, kids, don't everything. you feel? It's really hard for parents because I have stuff me. I've got to do. I will got, put shit off all day long. Right. That's what I'm saying. Like, I have stuff I have to do. So, um, you know, when I have to leave and I'm like, hey, go do your work, you know, have stuff done when I get home. And then I am like, hey, how, how did everything go? And he's like, fine, I'm done. And then I get a text from his mom 20 minutes later. He's like, he hasn't done Social days. studies, he hasn't done English, <laughs> he hasn't done stuff in two days. I'm like, wait, what What have you been doing? I've seen right. this open on your screen. So you're literally just sitting here yeah. all day doing nothing. Like, yeah. What a waste of time. Anyways, this, it's just, it's frustrating. Like, it's all to me, hard. I'm like, let's well, get yeah. this stuff rolling. Anyways. So we just, our hearts and thoughts and prayers are for hearts, everyone. Hearts, and coconuts. Who's dealing with. <laughs> I'm exhausted. Day four. Yeah. All right. So we're going to jump in again. I keep trying to and then we don't. Um, tonight we're talking about things that our viewers have written in and would like us to talk about. So that's what we're going to do tonight. We have four different questions or situations that people wrote in about. And I'm going to read this really quick. And um, question one was, my stepchildren's mother left my husband, married the man she was having an affair with, and they recently had a baby. They knew there were health problems for the baby in utero, but were hopeful. Tragically, the baby only lived outside the womb for two weeks. Although I'm not fond of how their mother has treated my husband and I, I feel horrible for her. She is supposed to tell the children soon, possibly over the phone, while they're at our house tonight. If anyone has advice on how to help the children through their grief, I would greatly appreciate it. Also, any advice on what I can do to express my condolences to their mother would be more than welcome. I feel guilty that our baby is healthy and worry she may resent us for that as she was somewhat spiteful before her pregnancy. I know I can't control her and will forever try to give her grace no matter how she treats us. We are Christians, so we do believe the baby is in heaven and no longer suffering. I wish I could take the pain from my stepchildren so they don't have to go through this. Thank you in advance. Horns are honking. Um, did you hear any of that? I did. <laughs> I was distracted by the horn honking. I know, there. so I'm asking. I'm like, Come on, honky. Are you listening? I am. Uh, first of all, don't 
don't feel bad. Like this is this is life. Like you can't you can't be bummed that you have a healthy baby and they don't. Like that's no one's fault, you know. So be grateful that you have a healthy baby and don't let that be part of your conversation, you know. Wouldn't you agree? Yeah. I think it's 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 wasted emotion. Yeah. And you know, yeah. It's a, yeah, it's a sad situation, you know, um, you want to be there for them. Let them know that you're there for them. Let them know that if you need to take the kids at any time, you know, to give them a break or grieving process, you know, basically just be there. Let them know that you're there. Let them know that you're willing to work with them. Um, let them know yeah. if they need the kids any other days. Just be a good parent, a good co-parent at this point, you know, yeah. it doesn't mean that you need to show up and you need to bring dinners over and this and that just. And I think even too, I think that if you want to reach out to either one of those parents and ask them, you know, or have your husband ask them, um, how can we support you through this? Like, what can we do? Like, ask them what they need. You know, ask them what you can do. And they might say nothing. You know, you can just, and I think it's appropriate to say, we're so sorry to hear this. Please let us know how we can support you right. in this time, whether it is taking the kids or um, whatever, whatever it, it is. Take the stress off of them. Let them know that, you know, don't, yeah. you're not going to pile any more on. And this might actually be, um, if it hasn't been already, this might be a good turning point for you guys. This might be a good, um, you know, fork in the road, that's going to get you guys co-parenting well. It's going to get you guys aligned to um, have grace for one another, right. you know. And as far as explaining it to the kids, you know, if you guys are believers, you know, go down that path. You know, talk about about praying and, um, you know, God's um, plan for you guys as a family, but also, um, you know, for the child and, yeah, and um, that that was God's will. Right. And for whatever reason, that baby was needed in heaven and wasn't needed here on earth. Like God needed that baby more than you did. And you'll be reunited, you know, someday. And let them feel all the feels. You know, I don't know. It's it's really early to lose a sibling. They don't have much bond with a two-week, you know, not to say that this isn't horrible right. or diminish this in any regard. But... These children don't really have a huge bond with this two-week-old baby. Um, and so you kind of just got to see how it's going to go. I would let them lead as far as, like, if they're super emotional, meet them there. And if they want to kind of not brush it off, but if they don't want to make a big deal out of, out of it, you know, I think that's fine, too. I think you just need to let them know that you're always there to talk with them and that acknowledge that it's really sad, acknowledge that their mom and dad in the other home, you know, their, their mom and stepdad in the other home is probably going to experience a really hard time for a while, you know, and I think that is something that you need to equally prepare the kids for as much as dealing with the grief of their sibling is dealing with parents who are grieving a child. Um, and I'm sure if you research, there's books you can get to read, um, 
forums, chat groups. I mean, there might even be podcasts on this type of thing also. Yeah. Um, And I would just, you know, I would stick to the Bible. I would stick close to God. I would, you know, if that's, if those are your beliefs, I think that prayer is a really powerful tool. So you guys could pray together as a family and invite your, you know, your stepchildren to pray. Like when things get hard, you know, why don't we sit down and pray together about that? Um, you have, as a Christian, a lot of really good tools at your disposal to deal with really hard-hitting life issues. Um, and so, yeah. I, I Honestly, though, I think I'm thinking about this more and more as you talk about it. I think mm-hmm. this, is, this is your fork in the road, though. I think this is your turning point to be there, show them that you're there. I mean, obviously, you care enough. You care enough to come on here, you know, type to us about it. And ask people for outreach on it. I mean, obviously you care. Let them know that you care. Let them know that you're there for them. But let this be the softening right here that allows you guys to co-parent and live better blended family lives. Yeah. So. Okay. On that note, what is it like, do you think, for parents to lose a child? Oh, devastating i couldn't i could not imagine um i've had some friends who have you've had some friends who have and it's um i can't even speak to it i could not i could not fathom it i don't know i don't know if there could be anything harder i've seen my friend who lost her baby mm-hmm. at eight months old um i see her now and she has a wonderful life like i've seen the other side of it right And so I also want to speak to people who are grieving children. I don't think, you know, I know every anniversary of her daughter's passing, um, you know, is always hard and and the pain never goes away. But I do know that there is light on the other side of that. And there is hope for a future. I mean, she's happily married um, and living a really, really great life. So, um And that's something to always keep in mind that there is, even with divorce or death or, you know, whatever life lessons being thrown at you at however old you are. And maybe you tell kids that too, you know, you get through it. You know, there's nobody who's lived to 90 years old and hasn't had to live through some sort of tragedy or disappointment or hardships. And so I always keep that in mind too, when I feel like I just want to give up or, I feel like I can't do something or it's insurmountable. I'm like, so many people before me have made it through so much worse. This yeah. or worse, you know? And like, I think that's probably one of the hardest things that I, I mean, that I could think of. I yeah. can't think of many things that'd be much harder, but if they can make it through this, yeah. you're going to be able to make it through anything. And we kind of talked about this a little bit with um, having to put one of the dogs to sleep, you know, two years ago. And with the kids being able to go through this process, it's, it's almost a baby step, you know, having them deal with it. You're not, you're not hiding it from them. Um, you're letting them deal with their emotions. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's, it's part of life and it all has meaning to it. Mm-hmm. Um, but getting kids to kind of figure it out, see it, work through their emotions right. and not hide them, not run from them. You know, we didn't go out and, cover that cover up the passing of one dog with another one immediately you know we gave it a while you know yeah. and we had talked about that first it wasn't like you know should we go get a new dog this week and you know 
let their because then what happens is they just have this whole well you're just distracting them from the pain yeah Yeah. you're distracting them from working through their issues with something shiny and new right and that's one way to deal with it but i see that i see that happen a lot with people in divorce also though you know people get divorced and they immediately jump on like you said to the next shiny and new thing and or before they're divorced. Or before, right. You <laughs> Who know. <can> relate? <laughs> you know, but it's one of those yeah. things that you never fully grieve and you never fully go through the process. And right. then, you know, they jump into this next marriage and now all of a sudden, two, three, four, ten years down the road, whatever, they haven't dealt with all this past stuff. And they just jumped into this new relationship and marriage and yeah. never dealt with anything. And now they just have a slew of things that they yeah. need to deal with. Well, that's right. And if you're getting in a relationship with a broken person, you you can't have a whole relationship with a broken individual. So if you're dating someone who's broken in any way and hasn't... You're partially my wife. <laughs> Just kidding. No, but like if you know someone has issues and hasn't dealt with them, you know, date someone long enough to know that, first of all. And you know that they haven't dealt with the pain of, you know a loss or a divorce or whatever, what ends up happening is you're dating a broken person and you want this whole relationship, right? You want this, this relationship that's going to be just deep and spiritual and special and all these things, but a broken person can't give that to you. It's kind of unrealistic. And so it is super important that you take your time um, before entering in a relationship and take your time before getting married and, um, know who you're getting in bed with because no pun intended. Yeah, it matters. Or was that a pun? It was not a pun. Oh, another thing I want to bring up, um, because she was saying that they're Christian and, and grief and stuff. And I think something that is a good life lesson for kids and these children, especially, and is, you know, we are taught that God doesn't give you anything you can't handle. Right. And so you must be pretty strong for God to give you this because he knows you can handle it. And another child and other children may not be able to handle it, but he knows you're strong enough to take this on. And that's pretty cool. Not cool. You know what I'm trying to say. (laughs) Like try to make these kids feel like empower them to push through. Right. I guess it's my. It's it's a special thing is what you're trying to say. Yeah. Like Like it's like. Like, God knows that they're strong enough. Um, And I think that is something that, I I mean, you tell anybody as they're going through hardships, right? That as a believer, that you're not given anything that you can't handle. And sometimes you don't like that because you're like... Most of the time. Yeah, you don't feel (laughs) strong enough. Mm -hmm. But you do make it to the other side. And you always do come out stronger. You do. do, You You, do do. Were you going to say do-do again? It's one of your words. Anyways. I don't say doo doo. You do all Chandler the time. Bing says doo doo. Yeah. Did you remember that episode? Who named that guy. Oh my gosh. All right. Question number situation number two. Um, the they say hi. I just discovered your podcast. Great, by the way. So have all Thank these other you. people. No one cares. My situation. <laughs> my situation is my hubby and I have two kids, each from other people. His are nineteen and twenty-one, both girls. Mine are 14 and 16, both boys. What fun ages. One of the girls lo- um, lives with me. The problem is his girls have had major drama and disrespect to their father and then to me. 
four major outburst yelling matches in our home. I asked them to leave and they would not. They have their own cars, boyfriends, places to go. Then for a few months, they calm down and a few things come up. One common thread is lying to their father. We had a new family rule list we spoke to everyone about to all the kids. Basic standards, nothing too crazy. We forgot to talk about consequences though, so we started couples therapy and we came up with those. I have a lot of resentment with his girls because of things said, manipulation and how they're being raised and how they're entitled. My boys are not perfect. They do the normal leaving lights on, slamming doors, and leaving goldfish bags on the game room floor. (laughs) That sort of normal kid stuff. I address it right away. And being in this drama, I've had to follow through with kids. Oh, I've seen how follow through with kids is so important. When I'm addressing my husband and we talk about these major dramas with his girls, he brings up my kids leaving food in the game room. Apples to oranges. This is just tough. A tough go, I must say. I have boundaries in place and that have been crossed. I am in the last month. Oh, wait. Just in the last month, he has started to implement consistent rules, etc. I'm exhausted. Well, first of all, I'm starting to think like, what would Dr. Laura say to this? <laughs> you know, someone, someone like that. First of all, the age thing, you know, I mean, I think that's the most apparent thing to everyone. The age is past 18 on both of them, right? The girls that she's, yes. That she's talking about. Are they are both. 19 and 21. Right. So that right there is like, you, you, you can kind of draw the line in the sand. Be like, look, you're lucky to be staying here. You know, my way or the highway, our rules, or go out and get your own rules. And I think the, a big reason why this is happening and why you see them behaving this way is because they do feel that sense of freedom. They do feel that now they're over 18, they can go stay with their boyfriends, they have their own cars, they can go leave, they don't have curfews. I mean, they can go to, they can fly to Japan tomorrow if they want, and you have no say in it. However, when they're at home, they still feel this way. But they aren't realizing that not only they've been under your roof for a long time, but things haven't changed for them in that in that aspect, other than that they've grown up and now they feel that they're adults, but they're only living part of their adulthood. They're only living part of that responsibility. So when they come home and they feel like acting out however they want, they feel that they're entitled to because they're of age. They can act however they want. They're adults, mm-hmm. but what they're not, uh, what they're not understanding, or what isn't there, is the adult consequence for things. You know, it's like if you're going to act this way and you're not going to be respectful in our household, you need to draw that line in the sand, and you guys need to get out. You know, I mean, it's it's plain and simple, and I think a lot of people struggle with that, um, especially these days. You know, with this whole COVID thing going on, um, I know people, you know, that are out of out of college you know have had good careers that are living at home with their parents and it, it would be a weird thing you know in my in my um earlier adult years there were times when or there was a time where I I went and lived with my parents right after the divorce because everything was just chaos and trying to figure everything out and it is a weird place to be in and if you don't embrace that and use that to grow up and help around the house and do things, it could get away from you. I, I see how the tensions could grow very much because now all of a sudden mom and dad are paying for 
everything, you know, and, and the kids just have luxury to do what they want, right? And, and luckily, you know, something like that didn't last very long. But if you let this, you allow this to go on for a long, long time, the kids are going to take advantage of the situation because the kids have their cars, they hopefully have jobs, they're going to go out and make money, but they don't have the responsibilities. They don't have they don't have all the responsibilities of being an adult. They're not holding down a household. They're not paying the major bills, you know, or any of the bills for that matter. They're not cooking. They're not cleaning. You know, all these little things that add up and now all of a sudden they want to move out or they want to go get married. Well, they don't have these life skills. You know, these are things that should have been taught from earlier on mm-hmm. to when the kids do finally move out of the house it should be an easy thing or as they get older these things should just be taken care of mm-hmm. you know so the respect thing i think comes a lot with the kids and i still call them kids because they're they're young adults mm-hmm. you know but they are living a kid lifestyle with freedom mm-hmm. you know and it's just they're not stepping up to the plate but it's us it's up to us parents we need to we need to draw that hard line and tell them my way or the highway. Yeah, but you can't draw a hard line. You're not willing to follow through. Mm-hmm. And so here's the deal. Kids aren't going to respect you. And I, I would assume they're disrespectful because there's no follow through. There's lots of threats, you know, being thrown out there. But, I mean, you can threaten a kid all day long. Eventually, they're just going to be like, tune you out. And never respect you because you're not following through with any of the threats you're throwing out there. And that is a big thing with disrespectful kids. And so you can't threaten. I would just be aware that if you are going to tell them to shape up or ship out, you mean it. Because if you draw that line and you don't follow through, it's going to get worse and you're going to have an even rockier marriage because you're dealing with a step parent who's already having a really hard time in this situation and is going to lose respect for you as a husband. So that's like your kids are going to lose respect and then your spouse is going to lose respect because you're making a threat and drawing a hard line, which is really good for kids, right? They need to be, they need to toe the rope. But if you don't follow through, everyone will lose respect for you. The other thing is too, I mean, her sons were old enough too, you know, to be, what was it? 14 and 16 or something. Yep. Anyways, um, they're at a very good age too, where I mean, our, well, I guess our, our oldest is just a little over, he's 15, but that's a good age at 14. He was fine there. Um, to start, if you haven't already, this is, there's no better time. Um, to get these family rules in line. There's nothing a 14-year-old is not capable of doing. I mean, r- really. You know, if, if all of a sudden the age of being an adult turned into 14, a 14-year-old can take care of themselves. If something happened to you and you need to leave a 14-year-old home mm-hmm. for a weekend mm-hmm. or even a week, a 14-year-old is pretty self-sufficient. Yeah. You know, or should be. So if you guys don't have family rules laid out yet, and I'm not talking about with all the kids, I'm talking about with you and your husband. If you guys haven't laid out family rules yet and expectations, now there's no better time than now. Yeah. And Lay these out, come up with your expectations, both of you. And this this apple to oranges thing will stop happening. You know, if you find a bag of goldfish, I'm assuming the crackers, not the little ones that you win at the carnivals, on the floor, what's the consequence to that? You know? Right. Come up with consequences to all these little nitpicky things 
That way there's expectations. And when stuff like this happens, you can implement it to either side and it's not nitpicky at that point. Yeah. It's just the rule and that's what's going to happen. And you know, this 14 and 16 year old boy are watching really closely how you're handling the girls, yep. you know, and that is kind of setting up the standard for them, you know, so it, it also affects how you deal with these girls is going to affect how these boys are going to act and behave as they get older and the, and what boundaries they're going to push. Because if you allow these girls to walk all over you guys, um, the boys are going to just do the same thing and it's going to be really hard. Um, and you can't really expect them to behave differently. If it was okay for one set of kids, why is it not okay for the other set of kids? Um, what I also wanted to say, um, is if these girls have, okay, so here's a deal too. Like it's not uncommon for kids to live beyond 18 with parents, but, and if you're paying their bills at all, you take things away. If they're under your roof, you, it's not like kids turn 18 and you have no say and have no power anymore. That's not how it works. You can still take the door off the room. Yes, you can, if you're paying for a car payment, if you're paying for gas, if you're paying for auto insurance, you're paying, you're for paying internet. any of, you're paying for any of the car privileges, that car can be taken away and those kids' asses are home and they don't get to go anywhere. 18, yeah. 21, 19, if you're paying a cell phone bill, you can take the cell phone away. If you're paying for internet, you can... Take the internet away. Yeah, there's actually there, and that's actually a really good punishment this day and age. You yeah, know, and cell phones too. Yeah, I mean, you might be paying cell phone bills. That's what I just said. Oh, sorry. Um, <laughs> but the internet, um, I you just rattled off so many things. My brain just exploded. Um, like the internet, for instance, if you go with like um, a company like Ubiquity for your router, you can actually like we have an app on our phone that if one of the kids is misbehaving, I can turn off their internet access. And allow everyone to continue to use theirs. But you can, don't do it. I can turn off devices individually. I always forget about it, but I probably should. But the That's problem is you turn thing. off internet. Here's one of the other things. I'm sure they're not in school. You turn off the internet, now they can't do their distance learning, which is a giant crock turd. So I just think that you can still have some pretty good consequences for adult teens Get living in it. your home. Um, you can, if you're not willing to kick them out or that's not an option for you and for them, you know, you still parent just because kids are 18 doesn't mean you stop parenting, especially if they're living in your home. Kids don't have a say when they're living under your roof. And here's the other I always thing. tell my son that I, we have this talk a lot. I'm like, you know, when you move out your life, like you do what you want, you pay your bills, you can, you can do what, and drink what you want and Eat, eat what, what you, you want. want. You can get creative too. I mean, if the if they're home and you're you're making all the meals and you're feeding all the meals, maybe just start making meals for two or meals for four or meals for five, depending on how yeah, the situation make is. Them fend it's for not themselves. your yeah. It's not your responsibility anymore to feed them. You're not going to get in trouble for not feeding them. You know, you want to order pizza that night, and you're like, these brat holes are being so disrespectful. Maybe you order just a small or just a medium that you eat. Or, you know what I mean? Like you can totally get creative with it. Yeah. That it, it might feel a little spiteful, but it'll feel good when you're just sitting there eating your pizza yeah. all alone. And you're like, well, you shouldn't have called me that last night. Yeah. You know, I thought you didn't need me. You know, don't say it like that, you know, because then that's just 
poking the bear. Yeah, don't instigate. But you know well, what I mean? Have fun with it. And this is interesting, too, because this is a stepmom writing in. And I, you know, it's hard when you're a step parent and you're kind of like out of it, but you live with it. You know, like you have to hear all the arguing, you have to hear all the things, but you can't really take control of the situation because parent is present. Um, And so I'm interested to know if her husband, the bio dad, is like cool with this disrespect. Because also if you engage in disrespect with your child and you get into like child's disrespectful, parents disrespectful back, I mean... You know, and it be, I mean, if he's engaging in disrespectful behavior back to his daughters, you know, that is being taught by how he's acting and he's reinforcing that negative behavior. And I think parents don't really understand that. Like when your kids are acting out and they're being little shits and you want holes. whatever, you know, you, you need to treat them still how you would want them to treat you like you can't and that's a hard place to be sometimes you can't you can't be horrible to your kid and then expect your kid not to absorb that and put that back out there like you are teaching your kid how to fight how to interact how to talk to the other person and so it really matters how kids are led you know how disrespect is handled so i think i would be interested to see how like if this dad engages in it, shuts it down, if he's okay with it, if he's passive about it, um, if he ignores it, like what, you know, but whatever it is, like the stepmom who wrote in, like it's important to kind of be on the same page because it can be really disrespect. Like it can be hard in a marriage because spouses, when you see it, when you see your spouse doing something that you don't feel is right, whether it's parenting or at work, like if you see, if you saw your spouse stealing a hundred dollars out of your friend's purse, you would lose a little bit of respect for your spouse, right? When you see your spouse doing something that you don't think is right or okay or righteous, it chips away at how you see your spouse a little bit. So I think that it doesn't, you know, parenting that is, I don't want to label it bad parenting, but parenting that is, Lax. Parenting that isn't good. I don't know. That but is it, not good parenting. <laughs> it does affect how your spouse sees you and respects you. And so um, I think also if, if parents could be more mindful about that, you know, like obviously cheating's not okay. And we all get on the bandwagon that you can lose respect for your spouse if they cheat on you. Or they that's, steal, yeah, like the, or the they gamble, one. or they lie. That's or funny they when cheat, you come to relationships. Bad parenting affects your marriage too. When it comes to relationships, like the ultimate, like worst thing you can do is cheat on someone. You know, versus like being a being a human being, the ultimate bad thing you can do is like murder someone. You know, it's funny how there's like these ultimate bad things that you can do. You know, but it's like, well, as long as I didn't do that, I'm fine. You know. But there's so much more that goes down the line. So if you guys can get on the same team, and when it comes to parenting these kids, you guys parent them as a team, it's going to go so much smoother. You know when you lay down the law that your partner's going to have your back. And, yeah. Um, you guys kind of have a game plan for this, which sounds like really what you guys need. You need, to, you need to have a game plan. You need to have rules and regulations and put them into effect, and everyone in, in the house 
follows these. And I think as soon as that happens, it's just going to be easy because you're going to be able to hand out tickets like speeding tickets. Well, <laughs> you know, turn off is, the internet, it's kind of order easy, your own pizza. But you know, enforcing things is hard. It's different. It it's is. hard to enforce things. It's hard to draw and sometimes lines you get sucked and follow into it. through. Mm-hmm. It's hard to follow through. I mean, in our home, I could count on probably there's things are threatened in our home a million times a day across the board. All of us, <laughs> it never gets followed through. I wouldn't say never. 90% of the time it doesn't get followed through. And so it's within there's a cycle that this, there's behavior patterns that just never change because there's never any follow through. Um, and so it's hard. Like, I just want to acknowledge that, yes, we can sit here and say, you know, have rules, have consequences. And I'm all about structure. I love structure. But follow through is difficult. It's hard, you know. It's hard to, to because you say something and you're so angry that you put this, like, threat out there. And then, you, you know, you're not, you, I think people need to think before they put threats. Because if you're not going to follow through, just don't even say anything. Right. Like, let your kid behave however they're going to behave. Because that's better than putting a threat out there and not following through. And now your kid just doesn't respect you at all. You know? So, yeah, well, I want to acknowledge that follow through is is a really hard beast. I Before we move on from this question, though, something that else that she had mentioned is, you know, when they're talking about disrespect of his girls... Mm-hmm. He brings it back to, and we do this, I it's have to say, yeah. in our blended family, we deal with this so much, and our conversations go sideways, and Eric and I get in fights, in arguments, because one of us will bring up something about the other's kid that's bugging us, and immediately it gets tit for tat. Well, your kid does this. Oh, yeah, well, your kid does this. Well, you do this. Well, you do this. <laughs> You know, and it's like nobody can just stay on topic. And that's really like that's that's something that we really struggle with in our marriage and in our blended family. And so, you know, the answer to how to fix this is to keep it on topic. You know, if you have an issue with a kid, piggybacking off of a concern that's being brought up is not appropriate or helpful it won't get you anywhere. You know, that's what I often think about. I'm like, well, if you had this problem, why didn't you bring it to my attention? Like, why are you bringing it to my attention when I'm coming to you about something? Like, talk to me later about it. But can we deal with the issue at hand? And that's really the, hard. I think one of the frustrating things in this is, you know, how, what's the verse go, you know, about... um. Anyways, I'm not even going to start try to say it. But anyways, it's it's tit for tat when you know, yeah. you have a you have a, a when they're like you have a thorn in your eye but you know, I have a plank in mine, you know. Pull the plank out of my of your own eye before you. Well, yeah. you know what? Like I think a big problem that comes in these arguments is we're complaining about I'm complaining to something about you that my own kids doing or vice versa when it's and that's how it gets brought up. It's like, "Wait, you're, we're, t- we're talking, you know, your, your kid's doing the exact same thing that mine was doing the other day. And now we're, you it know, was okay for one it kid was to okay do it, then, but, but not, not now. now. Yeah. yeah. And I think that's where that gets brought up a lot. So if you can come up with these family rules that lay down these guidelines, you know, the, as, as bottom line as the goldfish on the floor, you know, and I keep bringing that up because 
I have a lot of these same issues. You know, you have a lot of these same issues. Simple things, putting the dishes in the dishwasher correctly. I still had to do it today. What a basic (laughs) freaking thing. But all of the kids do it, you know, like, you know, slamming doors. All of them do it. Leaving lights on. Yeah. We know nothing about that in our home. No, exactly. But it, (laughs) you know, it's like, but we can also sympathize with you because, you know, I hear you bring up right now, like I had to do that already today. It's funny because they all do it. But you wouldn't have brought that up yesterday where I'm like, dude, I had to do the dishes because my own kids did this. You just swallow your own sand when it comes from you. But some reason when the other child's kid does this, the sand is just a lot rockier. I think that's normal, though, because I think that we are part of being a bio parent is like there's a fine line between drowning your kid in the bathtub and letting them live. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I was going to make a bad joke, but. <laughs> or driving your van off a fucking cliff. Okay, there we are, you guys. And staying on the road. Like when you're a parent We're and you have a minivan. When you're a parent and you've reached the end of your rope, right, you can see how somebody gets there. You could see how parents could snap and freak the fuck out. Which is crazy, though, because... Because you... But you don't. Let me finish my point real quick. But you don't. And I think that is something when you have biological kids or kids that you've raised since birth and, you know, it's it's... You have, like, this natural, like, your own kid shit doesn't stink... But changing somebody else's kid's poopy diaper would probably make you vomit. You know, like I got so immune to my own kid's diapers, right? I'm just changing them like it's nothing. If I had to change my kid's, my friend's kid's diaper, it's fucking gross. Like there's that thing that lives in you where you're desensitized a little bit from the ick with your own kids. And I don't think it's bad or wrong. I think it's just natural, you know? And so things get highlighted when it's not your kid because you don't have that you know especially if you were brought into kids like some blended families are blending with teenagers yeah but some blend from a younger age where i think that it should get a little more natural i mean might not ever be normal but it should get easier should it not but i just think that when your point is is like i just it i think it's just natural i think it's just you know you're kind of immune to your kids on some level Versus somebody else. Right. You know? Like if... I don't know. I always feel bad for my daughter's teachers. (laughs) For having to look at her on a computer screen? No, but like she gets so distracted in school. Right. And I know that. And I deal with it at home, but I couldn't imagine like this is not your... Like, you know, it's just... When it's not your kid and it's not your, you're not, I don't know. It's just different. But, and And I think that's okay. Everyone handles it differently. You know, I handle things a lot differently than, you know, you're talking about (laughs) driving your car off a cliff or drowning the kid, you know. I know you're being silly about it, but I handle that differently. You know, I shut down. I'm like, I don't want to be around this. If your kid's misbehaving or they're doing things, I'm not very confrontational where I'm like, I want to go strangle the kid. I'm like, I just want to stay away from it. Like, I don't even want to deal with this, you know? I dealt with a situation like that this weekend where I could have been confrontational about it. What? Um, Yeah, just... This is news to me. It's not even a big deal, but, you know, rather than doing anything about it, I'm just like, I'm going to ignore the kid and go on with my business, you know? It, It just, unless there's, like, harm or 
Um, it's extremely detrimental. You know, if there's annoying things, I just tend to just be like, you know what? Like, you're going to figure it out one day, you know, <laughs> like good luck. So, good luck. Yeah. This wasn't in our household. Oh. But anyways. Yeah. It wasn't one of my stepkids that I was dealing with. Like, you didn't see them this weekend. That's why I'm asking. I'm oh, like, I didn't even I see did you this bit. weekend. I don't see the kids on the normal weekdays either. The weekend, you guys corners. are gone. Oh, yeah, that's right. So, anywho, well, I'm, I'm, I learned so much during our podcast about my husband <laughs> and his life. My life. And his life. Um, all right. So, we're going to roll right into the third. And I didn't print out what this person wrote because it was just really, really long. Um, and I feel like we can just talk about the subject and it'll be fine. But again, dealing with manipulative, manipulative teenage kids and dating and then getting engaged, how to navigate those muddy waters and still have the life you want. So basically the bio mom wrote in and this, her two daughters and all the kids are older, all older teens as well. They all live in the house. Well, they're not, they live with her. Okay. But they don't live together. They're just dating. Oh, okay. So yeah, they're yeah. dating. And um, they live a couple hours apart, I think. And mm. they have kids. And they're all, like, I think they have two years left to all kids are done with high school. Okay. So they're being super responsible. And I love this because they're they're just dating and they have older kids. So they've already agreed that they are going to not move kids out of schools or homes until the kids are graduated because they're so old now. So old. But there's only two years left. Yeah, no, that's good. Like, you kind of have fun with it while you can, you know, like, it's probably still something to look forward to. And fuck yeah, you get to not have kids in one household altogether. Like, they're going to start their marriage out with all the kids grown. Yeah. They're going to be able to like Maybe. buy a home together and start their lives out and not have any kids living in the home full time. Can we do a redo? <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's, but so here's the deal though. So that's their kind of situation. I think it's so responsible. And I just wanted to mention that, that they are just going to keep dating and living separately until these kids for two years. And they both agree on it. And that's awesome. But her two girls, she acknowledges are very manipulative and she's allowed it. So she's like, I know that they're a problem and I've allowed it because they've always dictated my life. Um, and so like when she tried to date before or when this she's dating now, her daughters would, you know, cancel their plans. Like if, she, if she, if their daughters, if her daughters found out she was going to go on a date with this guy and they had plans, they would cancel their plans to stay home. And then she would be like, oh, you guys are home. I guess I should stay home and cancel her plans oh, for the date. They're totally working the system. Right. So she she recognizes so here's it what you and do. sees it. Here's what you do. You just say that you're going to do stuff anyways, even when you're not, just to get the girls to cancel their plans. And you just be more manipulative. <laughs> no, that you are not teaching manipulation. Oh, my gosh. She's like, it's a problem. So I, you know, she recognizes the problem. And so she's she's been um, she's been saying like she's even if her girls cancel the plans, their teenagers are old enough to stay home. She'll she still go. Good for her. She's making those adjustments. And um, I think that's really, really great. But now she's worried about like they want to get engaged. Her girls do. No, the, oh, her, they, and her. <laughs> her and her boyfriends 
want to get engaged. <laughs> yeah, sorry, I'm sorry. And so used. this is like a little bit off the so this is a two parter. So she they want to get engaged, but she's very worried about how the girl's dad is going to react to this. Okay. So she was like, What do you think about us getting engaged? Like, should I confront him and tell him? Should it come from me? Should he just find out organically? We've talked about this kind of on our podcast right. before, but um, she's like, he's really hard to deal with and he doesn't, he, she doesn't want the girls to get in trouble or him punish or take it out on the girls. She feels like, and I said, well, you know, your ex better than I do or anyone really. And you'll know his reaction. So you need to base it on that, like go with your gut. And it sounded like she needed to confront himself herself, like have it come from her mm-hmm. because she knows he's going to be manipulative and spiteful. And is that where the girls get it from? I think that she, well, she just said like after the divorce and stuff, like she just allowed them to dictate her entire life. Okay. Well, at least she's honest about that. Like yeah. She sees that, which yeah. is good. If you see that and you know, that's going on, it can kind of allow you to fix that a little bit. Yeah. Um, it's going to be harder for the girls because they're used to getting it that way and doing it their way. So it's going to be a little bit harder for you. But still a good lesson to learn. Like this is good for them to be put in their place. Like you're never too old to parent your kids. Like if you see your kids misbehaving, you know, then you need to step in as a parent. And I think that, you know, yes, better late than never though. Like it is late, but better late than never. So getting engaged though, I mean. I don't think she owes no one an, an explanation. So if you don't, if you're dreading telling your ex about it, like screw him, don't tell him. She just you know, would rather take the brunt of the, the anger yeah. than the girls. Right. Now, what if, I mean, it's also, that's a form of manipulation because, I no, I feel like it, what if you just don't, no, what if you just don't tell the girls for a while, but then also I feel like that's manipulative, you know, because you're, you're manipulating that situation to mm-hmm. ultimately get out of it, you know, get out of dealing with yeah. the ex and dealing with the girls and that's no way to live your life either in secrecy. Um, so I, I say, you know, you guys want to get engaged, you know, maybe if it happens, it happens. You know, if the girls find out the way they find out, let them find out. You know, if your ex finds out, let him find out. But maybe don't draw a big roadmap about this. You know, if you if he proposes to you and you get engaged, be excited, be happy, you know. Do all the things that you want to do um, and don't worry about what the outcome is. I mean, if yeah. the manipulative ex finds out and he does what he's going to do, you know, don't buy into it. Don't live a life in fear because of him. Otherwise, he's still controlling you. That's he's right. controlling the daughters and then the daughters are controlling you. And at the end of the day, you're the one living under this umbrella of manipulation. And that's not fair. And you don't want him to rob your happiness. Like you don't have to listen to anything he has to say. Like if you're just doing a cursory, like as a courtesy, I'm letting you know, I'm getting married. You don't have to pay alimony anymore. I don't even think that she needs that. She owes him that. Well, if she really wants to, but if she really wants to, of course, but you do not have to respond to any negativity. You don't have to read a text back. Like you don't even have to read. You can delete that text as soon as it comes through and not even read it. 
You know, you don't have to respond to an email. You don't have to have a phone conversation about it. But I also feel like if you don't want to have a conversation about it, maybe don't even bring it up in the first place. Yeah. You know, if he finds out, he finds out through the grapevine, he finds out through the daughters, like let him find out, you know? And yeah. if, if you don't care enough to have a conversation with him about it, don't start the conversation. Good point. So I was also trying, we were also discussing because she's as her, she's realizing her daughter, daughters are very manipulative and all this. And they're like, you know, controlling the situation. Um, I kind of discussed with her a little bit, like, it's kind of like when you're having an hours baby and how are you going to get the kids on board with an hours baby? Right. Well, what do you do? You make them involved in everything. You know, you you if you're having an ours baby and you're worried about the kids, well, make them involved. Bring them to the gynecologist appointments and let them hear the heartbeat. You know, help them. You know, let's put put names down on paper. What do you guys think? Let's paint the room. What color do you think you want to paint? Show it? them what ten centimeters dilated looks like. <laughs> you know, but you you get them involved with the process, and they don't feel like an outsider. They feel like they're part of it right. with you guys. And I don't think it's any different as kids get older. You know, if you're going to start this new life as a blended family, and I don't care if you have teenage kids or whatever age they are, you know, but we discussed this too, like a way kids manipulate. Why do kids manipulate? Because they want to control the situation. Or they want to be part of a situation. They feel right. So if you can have, and she was like, well, actually we took my daughters to go look at a house, like to go look in Colorado or somewhere, I forget where, of where they want to live. And, you know, she's bringing her daughters alongside of her to, to see like how this is going to go and they're being involved. And I'm like, that's great. You know, I guess they all went and looked at rings together cool. and she's bringing them into the process. So and maybe then they'll they, be happy for her and, and not want, need right. to manipulate the same situation. Thing, and same thing with the wedding too. If they're part of the wedding. And I think that's a big thing in blended families in general. If blended families can have everyone, all the kids and all the parents involved in it. Right. It makes for such a better time. It's a celebration. It truly is what it's meant to be. Yeah. It's a celebration. And even though it's, it's a you know it's uniting two people together you're really it's it's uh, it's an unconventional way of doing it you're right. really uniting all of these people together all yeah. these kids all you know so turning a wedding into a celebration for the entire family is just such a great way of doing things so if you guys want any ideas on that write into julie or myself and we can help you guys come up with tons of fun ideas so we have one more? We have one more. Um, You're really running us on time tonight. I'm Whew, sorry. Look at us go, you guys. Okay, here we go. Last <laughs> one. All right. Um, so this person says, I have recently started listening to your podcast on the way to and from work, and I love it. Thank you. I You're- feel like we need to stop reading that part. Do we? <laughs> I made fun of the last one, not the person writing in, but the fact that we were reading it out loud. I'm just reading what I printed. Sorry. I (laughs) just printed the whole thing. Sorry. Okay. I won't read the compliments, but they're, but they're nice. I'll just do this. I need that. I need a gold star. If you guys can mail me a gold star, I'm I'm just kidding. I'm patting on the back. Whatever. Gold stars this big. Everyone knows men's egos like to be stroked. That's not my ego. Do they make gold pasty stars? Okay. Would it be possible to talk about handling disrespect from the bio mom to the step to the stepmom? Bio mom makes our son, my stepson, call me aunt at bio mom's house. Here he simply calls me and she says her name. 
never stepmom or anything like that because it was never an issue. And that's how we do it in our house. Our kids call me, my stepkids call me Julie. Mm-hmm. Your stepkids you call Andy. you. Daddy. <laughs> Not daddy. Oh. But we call it, you know, bio, it's, yeah, that's pretty normal. But we didn't set the standards for that. It was like, you guys call what you want to call. That's like, not go, true. No, it is. You do. You're very big on We've that. already talked about this. Let's we read are, her, her I issue. I don't do that. I'm not manipulative. <laughs> Let's give him a gold star and a pat I'm, on the back, everyone, <laughs> and see, give him a round of see, applause. See, tit for tat, you guys, tit for tat. Um, you, yes, it's okay for you to do it to me, but not for me to do it to you. Okay, anyway, moving on. So she says, my three children call their stepdad, his bio dad. Okay. Basically, they call each other normal things. It's never been an issue here. So bio mom is very nasty to me at drop-offs. I wouldn't even be involved in drop-offs except bio dad works later hours on Friday. Our son is here most days with bio mom having him every other weekend. I also have three children here in the home full-time with me. Their father is a very inactive dad. There is so much drama coming from bio mom that I am unsure how to handle it and not sure how to speak with my boyfriend. Oh yeah, we aren't married. She definitely throws living in sin at us constantly about the situation either because he ignores and continues on. So he ignores it and get her her boyfriend ignores it okay. and doesn't really Buy do anything about it. it. Yeah. Um, except at times when she disrespects his wishes, like drop off time changes, etc. I just need help with not going crazy. I don't think my boyfriend quite understands because he doesn't have to deal with a bio dad on my half. I thought at first it was a jealousy thing because she had her son taken from her at one point and my kids are a little older and they've always, and I've always been a single mom. I don't know. Please help. That's manipulation again. Well, here's the deal. So is that our topic tonight? Manipulation? I guess so now. Blended family manipulation. (laughs) Um, But I think one thing that is really hard with um, couples, married couples and blended families is a lack of empathy. You know, I know Eric and I, I can't empathize. He can't empathize with me in my co-parenting or lack of situation, right? Because he co-parents really well. And so I get when she comes at her here, like. (sighs) Yeah, start patting. There you go. Um, You only get half the pat. Oh. Um, I get that she says, like, he doesn't really understand how hard it is for her because he doesn't have to deal with uh, this on the other side of it. Like, he just gets, you know, like, and that's a really hard place to be when you're in a relationship and you're struggling and your spouse cannot possibly empathize with what you're going through. And I think that is a really big struggle in blended family marriages in general. Um, And so... There's not really anything you can do about that. You can't change the fact that there's no bio dad for him to have to deal with on your side. So that's just kind of is what it is. Acknowledge it's really hard. Maybe have a conversation with him about that. Like, I understand you don't understand my struggle, but I'm here struggling. Help me. You know, I think that is a, those are conversations. What Jerry McGuire say? Help me help you. (laughs) But, um... 
bio mom pickup and drop offs. I mean, if you're forced into that situation, I would just make it as benign as possible. Obviously, you know you can't change the bio mom. You can't change what she's going to have the kids refer to you as in her own home. And That's laugh just about kind it. of just, like just laugh what about it. Is. Don't yeah, don't if you don't have expectations and it's not bothering you, let it roll off. You know. Yeah, um, do if, better in your home. Know that you it. guys Set are examples. doing better in your home and your home's different. And let that feed you like you're doing well in your home and you're doing the right thing in your home. So I think that that is what your focus needs to be on. And yes, it's dumb and stupid and ridiculous that she's having them call you aunt. Also, you know, it's not unheard of for people not to take boyfriends and girlfriends seriously. I'm giving a shout out to Jada real quick. She's been listening to us for a few weeks now and says, thank you for bringing up real subjects and making me think about real life circumstances. I thought we weren't allowed to read compliments. I just read one because you got to do two of them. So Jada, we give us one more so I can read it and be even with her. (laughs) I'm just kidding. Thanks, Jada. Thanks Thanks, for tuning in. Um, But I think that it's not uncommon. Like it's just kind of the shitty spot you're in as the girlfriend, the live-in girlfriend. Um, it doesn't get that title, that position doesn't get a lot of respect. Same with boyfriends. It's no Why different. Why are you pointing at me? Well, you were a boyfriend at one point. Although, so stupid. Never mind. <laughs> just, point just finish this out? I was going to make mom out. jokes, but. This person's really struggling with this and you're making a mockery of her No, not pain. of her. No, her situation. No, I think. So I, I just think you're just going to have to roll with the punches right now, that, you know? Yeah. Because you are a girlfriend, a live-in girlfriend, and unfortunately for a lot of people, it doesn't demand respect, especially for a bio mom. That kind of just goes with the territory that you're living in. You know, maybe that'll change when you get married, you know, and you are officially a stepmom. But a lot of people don't consider boyfriends or girlfriends stepmom and stepdad. Usually... You need to be married to have that title. And I'm not saying that's right or wrong. I'm just saying that's like a social norm in blended families. And bio moms and bio dads have a hard time anyway when when their exes are dating. You know, dating and having girlfriends and boyfriends is kind of fluid, right? If it was serious, it'd be called marriage. And so I don't think it's, un, I mean, it's it's not unreasonable for people not to take boyfriends and girlfriends seriously, no one does in society, really. But this is also a very good time to get, like we were talking about earlier, get all of these rules set up in in in, in effect now. You know, take the time now while you guys are dating before you are husband and wife and work out these little kinks now because you have the knowledge to do it now. You're not trying to do this. You know, you've been married for 10 years and you're trying to backtrack now. Because you have kids that are being manipulative and you have these exes that you're dealing with. Work out these little problems now. Make sure that it's going to work before you guys jump into holy matrimony with yeah. one another. I mean, can you deal with this biome, this crazy bio mom forever? Thanks, Jada. I don't know. Like, you really need to do some soul searching. Like, if this doesn't ever change, whether you get married or not, and she's just going to hate you and make your life miserable forever... Can you live with that? Yeah. Can you live with that? Can you brush it off? You know, are you above that? Like put yourself above that. Can you learn to be above that? And can you set better examples in your own household? You know, make 
yes, the kids have to go there and they do have to deal with that. Um, I'm assuming 50% of the time, but when they're with you 50% of that time, show them a better example, lead by a better example. Don't buy into that and don't waste your time on that because if they're going over there and they're getting influenced like this 50% of the time, then they're coming to your house and you guys are talking about it the other 50% of the time. Well, that turns into 100% of the time that they're dealing with this garbage. And now that's who, that's what's shaping these kids and that's what's forming them into be little brat holes. <laughs> the wow. word of the night. Um, so don't let them become brat holes. Yeah, and you know, if you're, if you're doing pickup or if you're doing drop-offs and you're having to be around her like I don't know the situation but for drop-offs there's no interaction and never really has been interaction at drop-offs or pickups between me and my ex whether Eric was if Eric were to take my kids to their dad's house there'd be no interaction no, there would be no I'll, room for nasty anything because no, there's I'll pull no up. yeah nothing. exactly I'll pull up in front of the house I'll yeah. let the kids get out and I watch the kids even though like we're in a great area I watch the kids go to the doorstep and go in the house. I mean, like you would yeah. for anyone. You don't just drop your kid off at yeah. a friend's house to play and like, see ya, you know, and you're out of there before they've made contact, right? Mm-hmm. So that's just, it's a responsible thing. I feel like you should do that with anyone. Yeah. You know? So I don't know if bio, so you say she's nasty to you at drop-offs. I'm just like, how does that look? Because there's not really need for interaction at drop-off or pickup if it's like a high conflict situation. Um, and if she's just like insistent on walking the kids to your car or to the front door, like if she's insistent on being like, you know, with kids until they switch hands to the other parent, which is a little bit much, I think, um, then I just would be not engaging her at all. Like so, you yeah, can draw say the line hi. In the sand. Leave the door unlocked and go into another room, you know, maybe that you can see when she's gone or when she's there. And it, this doesn't make you a coward. You're not hiding. Um, yeah. Again, I don't like high conflict. You know, if I know that your ex, because he has a few times, and, and him and I can get along just fine. We've never had face-to-face, like, mean issues with one another. We can be in the same room as one another. We can be around one another. But if I know he's coming to the door and you guys need to deal with stuff, don't be high conflict about it. I'll I'll take myself out of the situation i'll go somewhere else and not that i'm being a coward about it but it just makes it easier on everyone else you just remove yourself you from just the remove situation. yourself from the situation yeah. yeah i'm kind of like maybe you guys need to rethink how drop-offs look like eric said maybe you leave the door unlocked and the kids walk in and you just don't interact with her um if it's a car situation and she's bringing the kids to the door of the car well i guess you can't leave that situation but i wouldn't respond right and don't engage you don't engage at all like she can be nasty but that's on her that's good thing you're not her she's the one that has to live with herself not you so I don't know if it's too much to handle I don't know how extreme this all is but then I would have a talk with your boyfriend and be like listen I'm not willing to do this anymore like you need to figure out either a babysitter to do this or you need to change your work schedule or a grandparent does this or your friend does this or somebody else does this or we change drop-off times Mm -hmm. like you need to figure out what you can live with and what your boundaries are because something that step parents step parents are human and step parents are valuable and step parents it shouldn't be a life of misery like you shouldn't be a death sentence when you get married and sign up for step parenthood 
You know, you really have to have a spouse that supports you and cares about you. And you really need to think outside the box and you really have to own your limitations as a step parent. So if you have hard limitations and things you're just not willing to do anymore, you need to figure out another way to get, you know, drop off handled or, you know, maybe you and your boyfriend have some, some hard talks, but you know, usually miserable people are going to be miserable people forever, you know? So on that note, (laughs) we have hit a record tonight. Did you know that this is the longest podcast we have ever produced (laughs) hairball? So I just want to congratulate you guys. If you've made it to the end, this is our longest podcast ever. If you want more long podcasts, please write in to us. <laughs> Find us on social media, you guys. We're on YouTube. We're on, obviously, if you guys are watching it, we're on all the podcast stations. We are on Instagram, Facebook. Julie has a pretty incredible blended family Facebook um, support, group. support group going. Um, yep. Join us. Join. Get in on it. Email us, you guys. Write in to us. Um, leave us those five-star <laughs> reviews subscribe yeah we just appreciate you guys being here and being part of our blended family and making the blended family community stronger so thank you guys we'll see you next week you don't like my stuff why do you always laugh because it's silly to say it like that what anyways more pads you guys more pads 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 uh